Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Little Light Devotions. It's been a little bit, but that's okay, because before I put out a new episode, I wanted to have a very special guest on, and I couldn't get Joe Biden, so I got the next best thing. I brought in my beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife of three months. But you know what? We've been together for only three months as a married couple. We've been together for eight and a half years, almost nine years. Um, ever since we were, you know, little 13-year-old babies running around. We've had a lot of history together, and this has been trying, we've been trying to work this out for, like, over a year or two at this point, trying to get you onto this daggone show. But I'm so glad that we could finally do it now, and I'm really thankful that you're here. Not like you really had anywhere else to be, we live together, but I really do appreciate you coming on, my love. So please, tell everyone about who is Taylor Cole. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, so I'm glad it could finally happen. Um, For those of you who don't know, I work on my church's media team for the school that is there. Um, I've been working there for about two, three months now. It's been really fun. I feel like I finally know what I'm doing now, so it's been a really a really great time. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about using the talents God gave you in ministry. We just got married uh, in June, so when we finally were able to come back to our home church, um, we had been gone for a while, so we weren't serving regularly. So we wanted to jump back in and find a place that was best for us to serve. I remember feeling a little overwhelmed, like, I don't know where to start. I feel like it's a new, fresh start. Um you know, coming back somewhere after like right. four years. So even though I worked in like nursery and stuff when I was in high school, I felt like I wanted to do something different because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I felt like I had grown since then. And it was a little overwhelming at first. Um, I'm sure you can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I did recognize how just frustrating it was coming home and trying to plug right back in, especially with how much things have changed. I mean, you know, we, we would come visit we would notice some change, but it was never something to the degree of like being able to fully plug back in, having every opportunity open to you because, you know, obviously when we're going through college, you know, they'll accept our help here and there for small things. But if we're really trying to plug in, I never really had that opportunity. So having that, it was almost like, you know, you're scrolling through Netflix. There's too many options and there's, there's too much to do. You don't really know where to narrow it down. So how could you help folks narrow that down to, for them? Well, first, I wanted to read some scripture about the different parts of the church. Um, I think that's like the most important thing to recognize before you can start choosing where you want to serve. So Romans 12, 4 through 8. Drew, do you think you could read Romans 12, 4 through 8 for me? I got you. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. As the verses explained, the church is a body and it needs all different parts to keep everything working together. Um, no parts of the body are alike, just like our physical body. We have lots of different parts and they all function in different ways, but they're all important. I think in church ministry and in serving, there's like the main 
groups of people that serve. There's like the music ministries. There's nursery or kids programs. There's like security, greeters, people like that that are kind of on the front lines of ministries, you could say. And I feel like they're the ones everyone just like, they feel like those are their only options sometimes. Right. But like I said, the church is a body and and it needs lots of different parts for it to move and work correctly. So there's lots of different ways to serve besides those four or five things that I mentioned. And the church needs that. We need people to join that have lots of different talents. And I think sometimes people can become jealous, you know, oh, I wish I could sing because then I could be on the praise team or I wish I was really good with kids or I really wish I was could do security or whatever. I wish I was super friendly. Then I could greet people or feel like I could witness. But it's really important not to become envious or jealous of other people's talents. It's really important to think about what talents did God give me? Everyone is created differently. God created everyone differently for a reason because he needs that body to move correctly and to work. And everyone can use whatever talent God created you with. That can be used in church. That can be used to serve. That can be used to help someone. Just because you're not super eloquent with your words doesn't mean you can't find something in church to do. So I wanted to kind of talk about different ways in church you can serve with kind of unique talents or maybe ways to serve that you didn't really think about or people Mm -hmm. don't usually think about and how important these behind the scenes talents are to church. So I I wrote down a couple examples of some things that I feel like are kind of not recognized or just to give people ideas. For the first one, I have um, doing slides at church if your pastor has like a PowerPoint presentation Mm -hmm. or the sound booth. Um, the church services cannot happen if there's no microphone, if there's no music, if there's no um, slideshow, if there is one. Absolutely. In order for the church service to run smoothly, that needs to be happening. And that is something pretty much anyone can click a button for the slideshow to go through. I mean, you have to you know, be good at timing, but it's not that difficult. That's something anyone can do. Anyone could click a button, but someone still has to go click the button, you know? Exactly. This is a personal one for me, like photography or media. Um, if you're really good at taking photos, those pictures are on the websites, they're on um, social media, they're on tracks, brochures, really anything the church uses to promote, they're going to have pictures of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that could, just someone going on a website, like, oh, what does this church look like? Just seeing some good pictures would make them feel a little bit more like, oh, this is like a real place, this looks safe, this looks... Um, welcoming there's lots of people there at the same time like we go to a big church that you know has its own dedicated social media team you know you're part of that and you're on the payroll for that kind of thing you are expected to be doing things with the social media for the school and promoting things out there but for a lot of churches they don't necessarily have the funding to be you know having person on payroll and with benefits whatever that is passionate about social media and if you really want to try and put out, you know, become not, not necessarily like, I don't know, try your hand at influencing, but getting better with the whole media production thing, working at your local church that may or may not have a, a good social media would be a fantastic place to start. For sure. And I think if you have a really good eye for design or like I said, pictures or video or anything like that, that is something you should definitely consider or reach out to someone about. 
Another way you can serve is if your church or a local area has a food pantry. Um, a great way to get people involved in church is to meet their physical needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that gets overlooked sometimes. You know, people are hungry. They find this food pantry. They think, oh, these people really care about us, especially if you're friendly. And even Jesus fed people all mm-hmm. the time. So he definitely used this method of serving and um, meeting physical needs in his ministry. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what, that's what I really like about our church is that they have this food pantry that they they do they do on a weekly basis, and they make sure that they do meet the needs of everybody in the local area. And it's 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 a big one. They are able to serve you know several dozen people every single week, and that stuff just doesn't happen by accident. You know, they have to make choices. They have to get volunteers. They have to get supplies. And none of that can happen without people actually serving at the church just out of the goodness of their heart. If your church has a Friday night program, um, either for like a bus ministry or an addictions program or whatever your church does on Friday nights, if your church does do something, this is a huge way to help people who might be struggling, people that might not know God, people that are struggling, like they said, with like an addiction. Um, They just need someone to love on them and just to be kind and not judgmental. Um, Obviously, it's... You know, you should call out sin, but if you do it in a loving way, that's what the addiction program is for and help people get back on the right track. With that kind of stuff, I feel like people are very scared because they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm i just not the kind of person that can lead a group like that. You know, maybe they struggle with addiction in the past or they have this soft spot for those who have addictions or anything like that. Like, I can't lead a small group like that. I don't really know what to do with that Reformers Unanimous stuff. All, all the... People can give excuses, and they're good excuses because they're just unsure. But a lot of times when it comes to leading smaller groups like that, you're never just on your own. There's always some person kind of leading the charge. There's a person you can talk to. They'll typically give you like a curriculum to walk through those kind of things with. And as long as you're putting in the effort and studying, you know, just not just reading off a piece of paper, but actually like studying and learning what you're talking about, I I really don't. like. I've seen some very, very just you know, not theologically trained, not super eloquent pastoral types, you know, meet in the center of a group of people that are hurting and just help them learn to grow, help them get over their own problems. You don't need some masters of divinity degree and hundreds of years of preaching hours in order to make all this stuff work. You just need to have a heart and a goal to actually get some stuff done. If people feel loved at church, they're going to come back. Right. They're going to want to come back. Exactly. That's not to say we should just be accepting of everything. And no matter what happens, we should just always, you know, never point out when something's wrong. I'm not Mm. saying that at all. But when someone's clearly going through a difficult time in their life, I think it's really important for them to have somewhere to go and have someone to talk to. And just listening to that person and then guiding them towards the Bible and scripture I think is the best thing you can do for someone in that situation. Exactly. Another group that I think is overlooked sometimes is the widows or the senior saints. Mm. Honestly, I feel like this ministry just gets ignored and I don't think it's on purpose or anything. Um, But I think a lot of elderly people are lonely. Um, Not all of them, but some of them are widows or widowers and they don't have family living with them anymore. They probably just want someone to talk to. Yeah, for sure. And even if you're not the most outgoing person, 
I don't think they really mind. They like to talk too. So mm-hmm. just, you know, going to like the men's prayer breakfast that they have at our church. Sometimes I think a lot of elderly people go to that. I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different options that a lot of churches have. And if the church doesn't have that option, I would I would even recommend if you want to plug in somewhere, lead and start a ministry, whatever the case is, find out who the seniors are at your church, the widows, the widowers at your church, and really focus on developing something for them because they get often very much overlooked. And James talks about this. It says, this is what true religion is. It's taking care of the orphaned and the widowed. It's not always about, oh, do you have the coolest new instruments on your praise team? How is your voice sound in that one solo? How does your social media look? It's like those things are good things. And those things are nice things to have. And those things can be great ministry opportunities. But if we're not meeting the base, most base of needs within our congregation, you know, just like social interaction with those who can barely get out of the house or those who are genuinely beaten up by the trials of life, you know, being a widow or widower, it can be truly heartbreaking and very, very lonesome. And so the church needs to meet that need. And I'm, I really appreciate that you said that because so often, so often folks just want to look towards the bigger, the greater, the more bright, the more fun. And like, I, and like you said, th- those things are not bad. But where is the where is the looking at the least of us, you know? Something that our church at college started doing, which I thought was actually a really good idea, was that... Um, Campus Church Cares, I think is what they called it, if I'm not mistaken. And it was that... It was something where people could sign up when they had a need, like a legit need, and then someone else could like claim that and then go do it. Oh, I can't remember that. I can't, I might have the name wrong, but um, I thought that was really cool because if there is a widow whose grass is getting really tall and needs to Mm -hmm. be cut and she doesn't really know of a specific person to ask, I thought it was really neat that she could just put that on the form and that someone could claim that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know someone who's in need, you know, who needs their grass cut, who just needs their leaves raked, just anything, needs a meal brought to them, it's something so simple that could really um, encourage them in Christ that there's Christians out there who are wanting to serve them. Or if you're in a state in your life where physically you're not in the best position to also be doing things like mowing the grass and breaking the leaves, but you have you know, some, some leadership and organizational skills, get a, a list like that together, like how Campus Church does, you know, just be able to make that into something like a, a Google form they could submit online and you keep track of all the volunteers who can do what and where everybody else needs their stuff. These days, it's so simple to do stuff like that, but most of the people don't even have to leave their house to sign up for something like that. But like we've been talking about, you know, anybody could push a button, but someone has to be there to actually push the button. Mm-hmm. Another, like our the last example I have, and I know we did not cover all of them. There are so many different kinds of yeah, ways absolutely. to serve with any talent you're given. But the last one I have written down is soul winning, handing out tracks or flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do this in our youth group um, a long time ago. Before Wednesday night church, they would take us on a bus. We'd all put door hangers on doors. And I really liked that because I was very shy, especially when I was younger. Yeah. And it was very difficult for me to like just walk up and talk to someone. So just putting that door hanger on their door um, was a really good way for me to serve. That being said, I think we as Christians sometimes can get into the mindset of if it makes me uncomfortable, 
then it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know I've been there, and sometimes I still am there. Um, like I said, I'm not someone who just walks up to random people and starts talking to them. It takes a lot of energy for me. It takes a lot of um, thinking ahead, what I'm going to say. Like I'm just not an extrovert like that. You know, if you're generally a horrible singer and you hate being on stage, like maybe don't sign up for praise team. <laughs> but serving can be uncomfortable at times. Yeah, for sure. And that doesn't mean you should stop doing it. At the bare minimum, it can be like an inconvenience, you know. That could be like the thing that you just need to overcome. It's like, oh, I have the ability to sing or I have the ability to serve in this way. But like, oh, I don't, it, it's time. And yes, there needs to be appropriate managing of time. You only get so many hours a day in a week. But God still calls us to be doing things for his church, for his people, for strangers. He calls us to be that neighbor that he talks about. And if we don't make time for them, we make time for everything else. We make time for fantasy football. We make time for reading. We make time for, I don't know, crocheting. We always make time for things that we want to do. But if it's not something that God's called us to do, maybe we should put aside something just for a little bit of something we enjoy doing to integrate what God actually wants us to do into our lives. Yeah, of course. You know, in nursery, babies are going to poop and you're going to have to change their diaper. That's not very fun. Hmm. Um, on the praise team, your voice is probably going to get tired and maybe your throat will start hurting at some point. Mm. Um, when you're doing sound booth or slides, you might get tired of going to practice every single week or however many times a month you serve. You're going to get tired of going to that kids ministry. You're going to come across behavior problems. In the media, you're going to be tired of always being the one taking pictures of events and not actually enjoying them. Mm. But that doesn't mean you should just stop or give up. Right. Um, I just want to preface that this does not mean you should ever burn yourself out. And you should never take breaks. That is not what I'm saying whatsoever. I think you should know your end, like your limit. I think if you need a break, please take one. If you would rather just do something like once a month or twice a month or something instead of doing it like every single service because you need to be getting fed as well. I'm not trying to say you should overdo it or anything like that. But I'm just saying serving will get tiring and will not always be fun and you will not always feel like it. But those feelings are not how you should control your life. Right. You should not just do what you feel like doing because you're going to get tired of it. It's all glamorous in the beginning. It's all exciting in the beginning. But after a while, it does get tiring. I don't really think Jesus wanted to wash the disciples' feet. Like, I don't think he woke up and was like, you know what I want to do today? I just want to, want to, I just want to go wash some dirty feet. You know, I don't think he really was thinking that, but he did it because he was trying to be an example of what yeah. serving is. And that's what God wanted him to do. Um, so don't don't let those uncomfortable feelings cause you just to give up or not do it. God created you with talents because he wants you to use them to share the gospel in some way. Mm. That's the whole reason we exist. If we don't use the talents that God has given us for him and for the church and to glorify him, then what's the point yeah. of him giving you those talents? Yeah. I mean, you can be really great at sports. Okay, then go... Um, go help with a sports camp, play with the teens in the, in the gym before church, just be a good example. I mm-hmm. mean, there's just so many ways you can yeah. serve. And like you said, if you like knitting or crocheting, make some blankets. Okay. Do something. Literally do anything. There's so much you can do. Make a meal for someone. If you're good at cooking, if you're just really good at being sweet and nice to people, go visit an elderly person, literally anything. Yeah. If you're good at cleaning, go clean someone's house that maybe just had a baby. 
literally anything you, that you're good at can be used to glorify God. And even if you don't, like your church just doesn't have, like there, there might be a, a lull, if, especially at smaller churches, there might just be a lull where there's just not as much to do. You know, the the rocks have been raked, the, you know, the trees have been trimmed, everything else is good to go around the church, nobody's hurting, nobody really needs anything. Well, then find other organizations. There are Christian organizations out there that need people to help. A great organization that we know of personally is Medical Missions Outreach. They are stationed in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah, they're in, they're in Atlanta. And they st- take several trips a year to many different countries. It's a great time to, to tour the world. But it's not just a glorified vacation. You're going to be down there, especially with, like, if there's, with the surgical team. You're going to be down there dealing with a lot, a lot of stuff. Seeing a lot, a lot of people that can totally affect your life. But you're helping out hundreds, if not thousands of people over a week-long trip. Able to lead dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds, to Christ during that whole time. Finding a finding a group like that, or any other type of mission board, or just go to another church that just has events, whatever the case is. There have been times where there have been people that have came to our church for bigger events that we've had just to help. And then they just vanish off into the night like a mysterious stranger. And, you know, what they did, it was just serving. They didn't get anything out of it on earth. But we have to always remember that the Bible says that there are going to be works that are be put through the fire. They're going to be tested. And are our works going to be the, the baseless, you know, wood, hay, stubble, they get burned up in the fire. The Bible says, just because you're saved doesn't mean that your works are going to be the things that like pass into heaven. Your your works are still going to be judged. But if your works are good, if your works are good, those are rewards in heaven. If your works are meaningless, you know, you still get to go to heaven. But there's just not this same amount of grandeur that's involved. We always got to just keep the focus more than just the immediate of, well, I'm tired I don't want to, whatever, because it's hard. It's hard being a Christian. It's hard doing the right thing, whatever. Absolutely. But making it an effort is always so much more rewarding. And we see that in scriptures so many more times. Even Jesus' parables, we see it in the book of Revelation, how all these things will pan out. There is never a point to where, like people always say, good deeds never go unpunished. But even in this life, even if your good deeds do go punished and your good deeds are overlooked and whatever, God never overlooks that stuff. There is a time for payment due. There is a time where God will will pay back what's been owed because as a believer, as a Christian, you've worked hard, you'll get that payment back. And I think we need to keep a focus on that. It's kind of just like, I don't know, working out. It's you, you start off either you're you're super chubby or super skinny and you're trying to work to an ideal body that you want. And you don't go to the gym one time and it just works. You have to keep going, making progress. And all that progress requires dedicated time out of your day, dedicated discomfort. Because I don't care how long that you've been lifting for. It still hurts. It's still sore. It, it can be uncomfortable. And a lot of folks that go to the gym are not there because they're masochists. They're there because they're working towards some type of end goal that they want. And as Christians, we need to have that mindset of even though, yes, it's difficult, if we if we do it regardless of the difficulty, 
there's going to be blessing for that. Not just in heaven, but we'll see blessing on earth because we will actually be blessing other people. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no matter what talent God's given you, and even if you're kind of in a place where you're like, I don't even really know what talents I have, it's not a trick question. I feel like people always want this like, I'm a really good painter, or I'm amazing at sports, or I'm whatever. It can be something so small, like you're just nice, or you're good at cleaning, or, you know, anything. Like the smallest things. And you, God will use that. So whatever it is that you're good at, if you don't know where to plug in, talk to your pastor. Maybe you can start a ministry. Just whatever talents God has given you, you can use. Mm-hmm. Well, my love, thank you so much for coming on today. I know today was a little bit of a longer one. I always say that like every time, but I feel like it's going to be pretty typical for my episodes to always be hitting like 20 minutes or something like that. That's just the way it is. But I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I know they won't be going far, but I know it didn't take you very far to get here. But it still means a lot that you sat down at our dining room table for a moment like this. And I'm finally glad we made it happen, you know? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been nice. It's been wonderful. Well, if you all would like to see all the wonderful work that she does, you will be able to follow her on Instagram at tailormadedesigns.md. That's spell it how you think you would, how it would be. Uh, she has a lot of different types of things on there. Just good examples of what a wonderful designer that she is. And she also has an Unsplash page and several other ways that you can look at her wonderful different types of art. She's fantastic and I don't care if she's shaking her head. She's awesome and I love her for it. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you find a place to plug into your church. God bless you. I love you. I'll catch y'all next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Little Light Devotions. If you'd like to find all my social media locations, podcast locations, voice acting work, and much more, please head over to linkapp.com slash AC underscore LL. That's L-I-N-Q-A-P-P dot com slash AC underscore LL. Thank you. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time.